And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Goods Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. Will you say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort? <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barrett. Michele, oh, what's up? Giddy, 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 giddy. <laughs> this is all I have to say. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. What an unbelievable yeah. road trip. I mean, they were one point. They were just the Heat shooting a normal percentage from the free throw line away from a 4 and 0 road trip in Miami. Oh my gosh. I just can't believe they did. I can't believe that Miami, Philly, Chicago, and then what they did in Brooklyn, too was unreal just showed so much perseverance i mean just crazy to me what they were able to do on this trip and specifically josh was i mean he was the best player on the floor in brooklyn mm-hmm. he played really really well in philadelphia he's played i mean he's played well really the last like since december 1st He's been a different guy. Uh, he's been unbelievable, man. I I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I don't. I didn't expect this to happen this season. This is a player that I thought maybe we, if all pan, if everything panned out, I think this is a player that we would have seen. Um, in three years, maybe that shot the mm-hmm. ball like this, that played this physical, that played this brand of defense, that, you know, down the road, like maybe he could be this kind of player, but I don't know. He's he's un- unbelievable. Yeah, and to quote John Hamm, uh, I mean, we were discussing earlier today uh, about, the, about the game on, on Thunder After Dark, and he said, well, let's phrase it this way. If Josh had played like this from the beginning of the season. Okay, see, we probably have two All-Stars. And I I don't think this is a stretch because these late, uh, I mean, the last three, four weeks, Josh Giddy has played at an outstanding level, 17, 18 points per game, 7, 8 assists per game, 7, 8 rebounds per game. These are incredible numbers. I mean, OKC doesn't have the wins uh, as of yet, but they are playing over the past month, like a top four, top five team in the West, which is insane. It's completely insane. And Giddy is a lot of this. Yeah. Um, we have started to see a 
couple of weeks ago that in fourth quarters, OKC was actually improving their uh, position in terms of um, scoring margin. And right now it's become a theme where at the beginning of the fourth with the JDAP Giddy unit, things are working to perfection. And when Shea comes back, the offense doesn't look clunky. Everyone touches the ball and there are like the offense is just working at a different level with Shea and Giddy on the court. A lot of that is not having a big man to cramp the floor, but a lot is playing better together by Giddy and Shea. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Since December 1st, this team is ninth in net rating. They're seventh in defense and 13th in offense. Yeah. It's in 22 games. So it's not like a crazy small sample or anything like that. And I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know where this is headed. I don't know what is going to happen with this team. But they have played so, so well. Even on the season, like you look at the season, 14th in net rating. Positive. They're .6. That's better than the Raptors, Mavericks, Heat, Timberwolves, Pacers, Bulls, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Hawks, Wizards. I mean, they're a top half of the league in net rating. They're 11th in defense, and their offense is 19th which is creeping up. Remember last year, this was like the one of the worst offenses in the league. Yeah, 29th or 30th. I don't remember. Probably, well, I, they were there. I mean, I think they they finished 30th, but that was also with end-of-season yeah. madness happening. Kalitzakis playing 45 minutes Kalitzakis. a game. So, but yeah, they they continue to just build... On what they've had, and like they didn't even get like J Dub has been awesome. He did not play great in Brooklyn. He had some nice moments, yeah. but like shooting the basketball, like it just was not his night. I think at one point in that game, yeah, and it they, was terrible and they, offensively in terms of results. Yeah, and they still like and they still find a way. And I know like the Nets are missing Simmons and KD, and that's that's part of this story that needs to be acknowledged too. Is like they haven't mm-hmm. beat a lot of teams with their full squads. And so like, how much of that is this story? And then, then how much of it is like the Thunder being better? Like the Nets weren't full squad. The Bulls didn't have DeRozan. The Sixers had their guys and the Thunder beat them like That's a drum. That's impressive, Andrew. That is, that is the story. That I is mean, very if impressive. You, if, if you, and they, they didn't beat them like by one point, on a very lucky night where, I don't know, Isaiah Joe goes for 40, shooting 15 trees. This is not what happened. And against um, Brooklyn, yes, they they shot the ball better than Brooklyn, but not at an unreasonable percentage due to the quality they had. I yeah. mean, they were wide open most of the time. And I know that Lou Dort had a crazy night shooting-wise, yeah, but great. J-Dub went oh out of nine. And they still won by double digits. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, Brooklyn was missing a couple of guys, uh, very, good, very good players. Yeah. Uh, one is an incredible player, and, and that matters. Um, but they beat a team that had Kyrie Irving. And last year, that, I mean, that probably wasn't an option. 
Uh, I mean, you can beat a team like Brooklyn if they lay an egg. Mm-hmm. But but I I think that yes, uh, OKC, OKC dodged a few bullets with Harris uh, from the corner. I think two trees were really open at the end of the game could have made a difference. Yeah. But still, OKC was in it against yeah. a team that has no business um, being. I mean, at the beginning of the season, if I if I told you, hey, uh, there is no KD in Brooklyn, uh, fourth night of um fourth game on a road trip and probably fourth game in six days whatever this yeah. is a schedule loss it is I no matter if that. kd plays mm-hmm. yeah and the bulls second night of a back-to-back yeah as well which is impressive but you can only play the games that are put in front of you this is like part of the reality because like you look at like the heat even though they lost to the heat they played a heat that didn't they didn't have a lot of their guys Mm-hmm. Mavericks without Luca, Wizards without Beal. They beat the full Celtics squad, but the Celtics let down. But still, you got to win the games that are put in front of you. And yeah, but the Celtics letdown is, is is not a thing. I mean, this is this is not a thing that I want to put uh, against the Thunder. I mean, OKC played well enough. They were on a, incredible. On a night. Incredible on a night, basketball. Yeah, exactly. On a night where the Celtics didn't want to put, put their body on it. This yeah. is also the NBA. This yeah. is also how great teams have great seasons yeah. by beating teams that don't show up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think those things need to be acknowledged, but we can also sure. say that the improvements that have happened, specifically with Shea and with Josh Giddy, have been enough to take things to a different level for this team and make you, if you haven't been one, you have to be watching. Number two, if you haven't been watching and you don't think that the Thunder have taken an, another step, like I don't, I don't know what to say to you because like the way they play, the dominance that Josh showed yesterday, like he wasn't going to let anybody stop him. The Nick Claxon stuff was like, it was a moment for him. That was like a real moment because he's over there and he's trying to rip the ball from Claxton. Claxton's like trying to buck up to him and he just stares him down. I don't, I, I don't know what he said, but like was not going to let that happen. And then goes to the other end, bumps him out of the way and scores on him and then does the too small thing to him as he's running back up the court. And I'm like, that is... He's a mean boy. It was awesome. It was so great. It felt so good to watch Josh Giddy do that. And just the way that... I mean, he gets a variety of shots. It's not... I mean, he gets driving layups, the floaters, the bank floaters. He's shooting jump shots. He shot a corner three that swished. I mean, he's... I mean, he tied his career high 28 points, 28, 9, and 9. Last night. 28, 9, and 9. Yeah. Just want to repeat it. It's That sounds <laughs> it's great. So, it's so sick. He was so, so good. And, you know, Shea allows it. Shea, even after the game, was like, yeah, Josh Giddy should be a, an all-star in 2023. You know, he's not going to be an all-star. But he might be an all-star down the road. And in order for your team to get more than one guy, you have to be a really, really good team. And I still think this team is um, years away from being that caliber of team. But you add Chet, 
to this group. And I mean, I, I can't even say that they're for sure going to have a lottery pick. I would, if I were to bet, if I were to place a bet today, I would still bet that they would be a lottery team. But what? I'm just telling you. Like, in, you mean this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this year. Okay. This year, I agree. Yeah. This year. Next year, no. Next year. Okay. Okay. Next so, uh, year, had... my my okay. my brain has already started thinking about next year, and you can go to some pretty wild places thinking about next year. Yeah, but let's go wild about this season. I mean, your brain can go wild about this season too. <laughs> after what we just <laughs> saw on this road trip, I mean, OKC has the third easiest schedule going forward, which doesn't mean really anything because yeah. as we as we saw during the season i mean you can you can, can beat be... anybody and you can lose to anybody i, I strength the schedule is probably an overrated statistic yeah it's not it a good pre- it's not the greatest predictor of what is to have because you also don't know like strength the schedule doesn't know that Terrence halliburton's not playing on wednesday you know sure that that's that should yes. be a cakewalk because the pacers without halliburton it's like taking the engine out of your truck. Like that yeah. thing is going nowhere. Yeah. But it's not to me, it's not um it's one of those nights where when when the team that you face is down one very important guy, uh it can happen that all the other guys play one level up. Yeah. Yeah. And if yeah. that happens, it's not an easy game. Right. If it's for a long period of time, then then it may be starting to uh, to falter a bit. Yeah. But yeah. it was the same when SJ went down uh, last season. The first few games were frisky, and then oh boy. Um, yeah. And this season it happened. I mean, the games that uh, SJ didn't play, OKC was able to manage them yeah. and to win against very good teams. So I don't know about the game in Indy. What what I have to say though is. A deep, having bad teams playing at the back end of the season, uh, teams that are really trying to get a lottery pick is helpful. I mean, having the Spurs, having maybe the Jazz, they have to play four games against the Jazz. If they punt, if by February the 15th, they they traded Markin, for example, mm-hmm. which can happen because Lowry is probably at the top of his value and you can probably get multiple first yeah. uh maybe not great first but at least one i mean phoenix is a team that i mean may may want to make a push or or teams like that they have assets so um they they are deep in the tax but um you know maybe you don't want to pay 22 millions to cam johnson and you feel okay paying Markin in the same yeah um so things like that and so the thunder actually you, if you look at strength of schedule they have the easiest schedule Oh, wow. I checked. I checked before the Brooklyn game. After playing Brooklyn, it's now the easiest schedule in the NBA, tied with the the Chicago Bulls. So they got. Yeah. So their easy games are: they have three against the Rockets, one against the Hornets, one against the Pistons, one against the Spurs, and then Raptors is considered one of the easier ones, and then three against the Lakers. Yeah, which you never know, but um, but yeah, and and so it's. Uh, I mean, it's not impossible to see them over 35. If they yeah. keep playing like this, they will be over 20, 35. Mm-hmm. And and this accounts for 
a terrible start of the season and yeah. a season where like they missed a lot of like big men uh oh. not that it matters yeah but but like the fact that last night they they didn't have to play muscala because probably it was a rest game for him and it didn't really matter it's insane like and if if you picture they Chad, played a real big 12 minutes 12 yeah that was it that's all they needed him for 12 minutes yeah yeah it's crazy so i mean this season to me is it's just everything i hoped for like yeah. looking at, at every player and see them improving now it's not it's probably not the best moment to to discuss this but we had a chat before and and, and i think that it's incredible that sam presti in two drafts where he did not have a top five pick mm -hmm. uh or he did have in 2022 but it's he, he picked probably a top five rookie without having um a top five pick yeah twice in a row it's, yeah. Twice in a row. And on top of that, you have Chet Omogren. So isn't it insane? I mean, I know that we are homers and stuff like that, but right now... These are now, things being discussed by not... this is, And it's not even a homer take at this point because it's these are takes from even guys like Bill Simmons, who is like not inclined to love the Thunder you know, and love what they do. But when, they, when he does see something that he likes, he always hypes them up. He did this... This is where people hopped on the Bill Simmons train in 2009, 8 and 9, whenever Simmons was just talking about how great these young guys are. It feels the same. Like I think a lot of people that were around for that era where we're listening to podcasts on our iPods, you know, back then and not on our iPhones. Dude, I used to listen to Bill Simmons pod on my I used to download it on my computer, transfer it to my iPod, and then I would like go mow lawns or whatever I was going to do listening to podcasts. Like, that's how I used to listen to podcasts. You have to plug it in and you have your phone in one pocket, you have your iPod in the other pocket. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty crazy to think about how different things are. But the thing is the same is that Bill Simmons is talking about this young Thunder team in the same way that he was that one. And, yeah. you know, Jalen Williams is a huge part of it. Chet is going to, I mean... I, I, you can think some crazy things adding Chet to this squad because they're already good. Like, this team is yeah. already a good team. They've proven that. They've played against some pretty good competition. They play good defense. Off, their offense is so much fun. They just play such a fun, fast paced brand of basketball. They're unbelievable. They're, they're like a really good basketball team. And Brian Matthews brought it up in the chat. Like, good teams beat the teams that are put in front of them like that. Like, if you're not yeah. a good team, you don't beat those teams. I mean, Houston, Detroit, San Antonio. Like, they're not getting, they're not winning. They're not going three and one on that road trip. No. You know, it may happen that they beat a good team. Uh, it happened with OKC last year. Sure. But they, they don't go. You're not going three uh, and one on a road trip, on a four game road trip. Yeah, or six, four. When you yeah. play against teams that are 500 above the majority of the time, yeah. with the, even with the disclaimers, even with the hey, um, not full teams, yes. Yeah. The Thunder have stunk on the road, by the way. Before this road trip, they had five road wins. Mm -hmm. They were five and 13 on the road before this road trip. Now they're eight and 14. 
I mean, yeah. they they stunk on the road. They that's I mean they lost on the road in Charlotte. I'll keep bringing that up. Like that that was a bad bad loss. Like they should not have lost to the Charlotte Hornets, but they did. And they but they have started to figure some things out and it's I think so much of it is just the confidence and the growing game of Josh Giddy. And the yeah. fact that he and SGA have started to complement one another rather than it being like okay now you go, then I go. Well, you know, where do the screens come? How do I function off ball? It feels more natural now. And this was one of the things that we highlighted before the season started was, hey, the since Chet's not here, it's going to matter a whole lot how Shay and Giddy play with each other. And, you know, you're, we're 10, 12 games in, and we're like, I don't, it, it's not working so well. Like they couldn't close mm-hmm. they they couldn't close games with Josh at times early yeah. on in the season, and you're like okay. And right now you feel the opposite. You can't close without him. Oh, I thought <laughs> like, I thought maybe they could even leave Shea on the bench and like the way that the way that the Josh J Dub you know tandem has worked. You know, they play them for like the first like several minutes of the fourth quarter without Shea, mm-hmm. and it has been working really really well. It's been really, really impressive. Just to watch those guys cook has been really fun. Yeah, I mean, um, there were moments where I had, I had the feeling that Giddy was just in complete control of everything that was happening on on the court, um, and and it's I, I tweeted as much this morning, but. It's it's incredible how much he changed in a span of twenty games. It's the beginning of the season. He was not scoring, but he was also way more passive. Right yes. now is just getting at it every single second. It's it's uh, the New York game over and over again against yeah. very good defenses. Yeah, it's just convinced that he can get to the rim and he's getting there and he's scoring a ton and it there is also one other aspect of the game that we discussed many times but i want to stress to stress it again the fact that when he goes to the line to me is money it's an incredible feeling i mean last night he went to the to the line and i said yeah of course of course it's two uh, two for two like they were so pure and he was so calm mm-hmm. taking them and it's again last season he was below 70 or around 70 right now is way above 80 these are incredible stuff yeah. and and it's clear that defenses were prepared for giddy at the beginning of the season yeah. um and he had to a beat that b change the way he was using possession and he did these two things and, and right now is playing so much better compared to to where it was last season. I mean, it's it's treading waters, apparently. <laughs> this is how you tread water. No, the it you should be very excited for the future of this team, and I do think that they still just need age and experience in order mm-hmm. to be on their way but we thought i think that 
it was the same the first time around too. It was like, okay, Kevin and Russ, you know, they're 20, 21, they're 22, 23 years old. Like it's going to take time. And they just exploded onto the scene and became this team that was like a wrecking ball. We're like, oh my gosh, like get like the Thunder are here. They're here now. Like it's not, it's not going to take like two years. They're going to be, they're here right now. And I think that made it harder to build the team because I just don't think like they were quite ready to have to build a contender around them. I think they thought that it was going to take a little bit more time, that they could probably get another pick, and that things would progress a little bit more slowly. And part of what helped propel them was James Harden and the way that he came off the bench and was just like super steady, provided like a very solid role for these guys along the way. And he was great for them and i feel like j-dub is doing a similar thing except mm-hmm. for he starts and he's a little bit bigger he's more versatile than what harden was um you notice they're not just bringing j-dub off the bench <laughs> they're letting him start for this team <laughs> as a starter i don't know i don't know if that's a thing or not but i i think it's smart i think the way they play is really really smart they're there there's a giant uh chet sized hole in the starting lineup, and they're not filling it with anything. And those of you that are like, hey, let's go get a center so we can make a run this year, uh uh-uh. No. That's not happening. That's not going to happen. One, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to come back and play, and he can play in that big spot. They also want to leave room for Jay Will, who has actually been decent in his minutes lately. Yeah. Like, he's been better than he was when He's not a dude yet. Not even a... No, no, no. He's not. He's not. Not even on the scale yet. Yeah. But just to have somebody else there is mm-hmm. great. And you know, it, Jay will and JRE and those guys may not work. But like, yeah. Even if they don't, that's okay. To me, they're bench guys anyways at this point because the lineup that I want to see next year does not involve them. It involves Chet at center, obviously SGA, Giddy, J-Dub, and Gimme Dort. And let's just roll. Oh, look at you. Let's just Mentioning roll. Dort at the very end. I just I just <laughs> just dropping it in there for you. You you're starting to to, to get there. Yeah. No, I mean, um I'm starting to 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 appreciate and it's been a few weeks. Um I'm not completely out on the fact that Dort is probably not the 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 cleanest the, the cleanest fit uh with this team mm-hmm. but over the past i would say month he he he's playing way better less shots at the beginning of this of, of the shot clock less stuff that you like scratch your head about and just incredible defense i mean last night he was spectacular on Curry. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Dort in the corners has been really good this year. Yeah. And that is the role that I envision. Because when you add Chet to this, the thing about Chet is that he's going to take a ton of possessions, a ton of offensive possessions that are mm-hmm. just kind of available. They're just kind of out there. It's like, who would like to have 10 offensive possessions? They're just here for the taking. 
And the next year, it's going to be like, hey, not only are the 10 offensive possessions gone, I'm taking some from you, and I'm taking some from you, and you just are going to have to figure it out. Because this yeah. guy, we took him number two in the draft. and he's, He may be the best player on the team. I said it's, this. I said that last week. I think so, too. I really do think so. I really think that there's a chance that he is the best player on this team. And he pops into this lineup and it's like, holy smokes, like he's easily the best defender on the team. He's hitting outside shots. He's got the turnaround jumper. He can handle. He can grab the ball off the rim and push all the way down the court. Holy smokes. There's not many guys like him. And I know there's going to be a big guy that's even taller than this guy and probably even more skilled than him entering the league next year. But that doesn't diminish the kind of player that Chet can be. Yeah. Even though you think like Chet is like great value brand Wimbanyama, like whatever. <laughs> you guys ever had great value brand? Still pretty good. Still pretty, pretty good. If I put it, if I just poured it out the box, you wouldn't even know. We don't know. Don't even know. We don't know. But Dort, okay, back to Dort from the corners. That was, <laughs> that's what set me up here is that I think Dort will be more of just like a corner three point shooter. 47%. 47% from the corners. Can you ask any more than that from him? And I know that he stinks at the rim. I get it. He, I don't care. I don't care either. I do not care. What I care about is the point of attack defense. Because if Chet is going to be the guy that we want him to be next year, you can't take away the point of attack defense. That's why you start Dort. And that's why like yeah. having Giddy and J-Dub be these like big wings that can be physical that are super strong it, then it doesn't matter like who's your four who's your whatever it doesn't matter you have Shea and you have Chet and you have two wings that are good next to them yeah and then you add a, a point of attack defender that is just absolutely insane and can hit a corner three at 47 percent that's money like that's that's what you want. That's what I would expect the starting lineup to be. Night one. Yeah, no, I agree. Next year. Today, yes. I completely agree. And I don't see the next first round pick that OKC takes to to like to just replace Dort. I mean wow. he was This is a big moment. Good. Can we just like pause and like just like moment of silence for this moment of the podcast just for a second? Just like let me soak this in for just a second. Okay. All right. Hey. All right, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, he's playing much better. Yeah, he is. You can't deny that, let, let alone the results, that to me doesn't mean anything this season. Yeah. The process is much different. Uh -huh. The the kind of shots that he takes are much different. Um, I really think he he's, he's improving. Yeah. And, I mean... That is what he needs. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, 
You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. A uh, question from the chat. Nicholas Rabati asks. He also gives us $10. Like, wow. You don't have to do that. You don't have to, but we'll accept. Thank you. Um, do you think when this team is fully developed and ready to win, we could see Josh Giddy as the sixth man? I've always had this vision of Giddy, something similar to what Ginobili was for the Spurs. Um, no, I don't. I think that he's going to be the starting guard, whatever you want to call him. I don't think that we understand how unique Manu Ginobili was in the history of the NBA. Because a guy as talented as he is, to just flat out not care about starting and being willing to come off the bench. I mean, there's not been a guy as talented as Ginobili willing to come off the bench since Harden when he was here. And you know what? Three years on a rookie scale. Yeah. Three, his first three years in the league. And then he was like, no, not anymore. Nope. Not anymore. Not doing that anymore. Yeah. And it's cute that that someone goes on record. I think it was Scott Brooks saying he really wanted to stay here and come off the bench. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Like, name somebody else more talented than Ginobili since Manu that's come off the bench. Yeah. They do not exist. They do not exist, and definitely not in, this, not, so in this, not in this. So stacked, not in this era. And, and and coming off the bench, like in a team on a team like OKC, doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, I mean, the Spurs were in those moments rotations were set, mm-hmm. and and so there were like roles and stuff like that, and 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 Ginobili wanted his team when he was. Um, like he was the sixth man because for like stretches he could just play his own brand of basketball mm-hmm. and then Tony came in and like it, it wasn't as clean of a fit with Tony and Mano um, yeah. and you can say the same for Shea and Giddy uh, it's not the cleanest of the fit Yeah, but but there is a point I mean Giddy has started and Shea has started yeah. to make everything in their power to play together and and this is important. This is why you don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, and and Giddy can be the guy who at the beginning of the fourth quarter 
makes the team running in a different way of the team without him mm -hmm. and provides the spark. And then the shooting with, like if you, if you put shooters alongside Shea, you have another look. Um, so I don't think it's necessary. And I don't think that right now this is something that, I mean, the team is thinking about. It would have been much easier to, to do it last season uh, mm -hmm. with, hey, uh, if I envision this, then Giddy starts off the bench and I bring other guys in. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't think that this will happen. And, yeah. and I don't think that, that this will be, that Giddy will be less impactful than a guy like Ginobili. If, well, yeah. I think that he will be because Ginobili is uh, an old famer, but I think that he can have similar impact uh, on the team, even if he starts. You can be unselfish without it being as like overt as like coming off the bench. Like you can show yeah. an unselfishness with, and they're going to have to like flat out. They're going to have to show an unselfishness. They're showing it now with the way they play offensive basketball, but you have to have, and this is why it's so hard for young teams to succeed is that in order to win, you have to put so much aside and you have to be willing to be unselfish. Like that's when teams take off is whenever they can show an unselfishness about them. And it's why teams like like the Rockets are so far away from that that they they're gonna lose so many games this year and next year because they're so far away from having that unselfishness about them. Now the Thunder team has that. Can they keep it? When Shea's a multi time all star, can they keep it? When Chet gets here? and he makes an all-star team in year two, can they keep the unselfishness? Will Josh Giddy start to get, start to feel a certain way whenever he sees Shea and Chet running pick and rolls and scoring, they're both scoring over 20 points per game and doing all this stuff, and Giddy's left at like 16, you know, seven and eight. Like, is he okay with that? Like, I don't know. The answer may be yes. I don't know. We haven't been, this Thunder team hasn't been put inside the pressure cooker yet. Like, this is all gravy. This is all great, fun basketball. No yeah. expectations. We're winning. We're getting a taste of wins. This is great. This is fun. We weren't supposed to do this. We weren't supposed to do that. We're doing it anyways. You know, we weren't supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be. We don't, we're not supposed to have the same record as the Suns. Like, this is amazing. Um, but that pressure cooker, when it starts, it's like, oh, well, this is different. Like, ask Memphis. Yeah. Ask Phoenix right now. How, how's Phoenix going right now? They have the same record as the Thunder. The same record. The same record feels different in Phoenix than it does in Oklahoma City, doesn't it? Oh. Feels different. The pressure cooker of the NBA is something real. And, like, the fan base yeah. is a part of it. Like, we will, we will be a part of the pressure cooker. Because this team, I, don't, I do not care if they make the playoffs this year. I do not care if they make the play-in, whether they're a lottery team. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me that much what happens. It matters that we are seeing positive development. That's great. But what's going to happen, and this is, it's happening right now in Minnesota. You make the playoffs one year. You're out in round one in six games. Hey, great job. You better do it again, and you better be better. And if you're not, then it means you took a step back. If you're taking a step back, boy, that's not good. Then you maybe need to make a trade. Then maybe you need to fire the coach. Then maybe you need to do this. Maybe you need to, you know, that's what happens. Atlanta, James Anderson in the chat. Atlanta, what happened to Atlanta? Yeah. They pushed the button. 
They pushed it as many times as they could. And now they made the conference finals. Congratulations. You did it. But welcome Once. welcome to the pressure cooker. And it yeah. is cooking them alive. They're burnt. They have been inside that fryer for a long time, and they're getting burnt because they have not seen success since they made it to the conference finals. And what are people talking about right now? Oh, my gosh. Look how bad. The, oh, did you know that the, it was the owner's son that made that trade? Did you know that this is happening? Did you know that's happening? Oh, man, they can't win a game. They can't play defense. Does Trey Young need to go to a different team? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Are you suggesting that instead of using the pressure cooker, we should all use the sous vide that slowly but surely... Sous vide? What's sous vide? Tell me, tell me about sous vide. Oh, no. Andrew. Is that a crock pot? No, it's it's basically a water bath where you, you basically put the meat or the vegetable under vacuum. Yeah. And you cook them in a steady temperature water bath. Like, hey. for example, you can take a steak, okay. a very thick steak, and you can cook it at, I don't know how, how, much, how many Fahrenheit it is. Uh, it's 53.5 Celsius. Mm-hmm. Sound like. 122 hmm. something like that i don't know um it will cook the meat at a perfect temperature in order for it to be rare to medium rare okay and you just you people just... are giving me such a hard time in the chat for not knowing about this sorry everybody sorry i don't know this sorry 132 I don't know yes thank you great babe uh great babe um, knows about it sorry guys um don't know about it yeah, That's but it's okay. it's a controlled, systematic approach yes. that leads to great result in time. This is it. This is it. This is act. Yeah. This is it. Because right now, people wake up. Oh boy, they look at the Thunder's record. They look at what they did on this road trip, and they think, you know, what we could use a nice OG Ananobi on this team. I was having a chat. Hell no. I was having a chat with an extremely smart person this morning around the NBA. Very v- brilliant person. A lot smarter than I am. They probably know what Suvi is. They probably know what, how, to, how to do that. They're probably doing it right now. Um, they, were, they were asking me, like, what do you think about a trade for somebody like OG Ananobi? And I was like, well, let me list, let me list the ways why that's a bad idea. Um, those things aren't going to happen because what it does is it does exactly what happened to the Hawks. That early success... But they got put inside the pressure cooker right away. You're in it. Welcome to it. We're glad you're here. And you will be praised for it. You will be praised on the front end of being thrown into the pressure cooker. Happens every year. The the Pistons got praised for dealing for Bogdanovich at at the end of the summer when they dealt for him. They got praised. Wow, look at this team. They really just want to put guys all together. This is awesome. They just want to put a, a team together that makes sense. They want to help these guys. They're going to put these veterans around. No, they stink. I don't care if Cade Cunningham's out. If Cade Cunningham was playing right now, they would stink anyways. But what they did is they put themselves inside the pressure cooker too early. They're lucky. They're lucky that Cade no, they, got hurt. They are not in the pressure cooker. They're just but they, but listen, adding stuff to a pressure cooker that is not even working properly. Right. Sometimes you, it's, they're lucky that it hasn't worked. Honestly, yeah. Because if they're a middling team, like you add a guy that's averaging twenty points per game to your team, that's older than everybody else, 
that doesn't fit yeah. the timeline, that doesn't fit the Clearly team. doesn't care. Doesn't care. Wants to get paid. Yeah. Hey, you want to pay me more? Great. Great. Sure. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is, if they dealt for OG Ananobi today, or if they dealt for John Collins, or anybody else, you place the thunder in the pressure cookie, pressure cooker right away. And they're, and it's like, okay, expectations that you get to the playoffs. If you don't get there, not good. Not good. Because the pressure is going to be on even more next year. Yeah. Why would you want to add the pressure to yourself? Especially, you traded three picks to get Usman Jang. You just traded three picks to get Usman yeah. Jang. And you say, people are saying, like, well, we need to get this guy or that guy. All the guys you're saying play the same position as the guy you just traded three picks for. Yeah. All of them. So you have to let this go slowly. You have to take this slowly. And you have to let things develop. And you don't know what's going if to... If they're in the lottery again this year, you never know what's going to happen. It's unlikely they would get a very good or valuable pick. But who knows? Memphis got jaw. In a, in a very unexpected way. New Orleans got Zion in a very unexpected yeah. way. You just don't know. Can so, we comment on TD clips on the chat? Because I think that he asks a fair question about okay. um, the Mitchell trade. He mm-hmm. says, how does that apply to the Cavaliers? And I think that this is a very relevant and well-posed question. Sure. And, and I think that it applies to the Cavaliers. Uh, it's not that every team that pushes a button doesn't go anywhere, but they are on a streakier, riskier, and more difficult timeline. I mean, Mitchell is a great player. Yeah, they it is working very well this season. Um, We're also on the fun front end of a decision that was made. Exactly. It can go well because Mitchell is an outstanding talent. Yeah. Better than anything that Atlanta acquired. Better yes. fit compared to Rudy Gobert. Yes. So it's a very good move in terms of needs and and, and Mitchell is clearly buying in to whatever this year. Yeah. Next year, maybe. Yeah. If everything works and mobile improves and they go far ahead then Mitchell might say, hey, this is this is felt like my team around the league. I can get to the finals twice in a row, three times in a row with my team. I may sign up for this. If they go against Milwaukee and they are dismantled yeah. first year, say, so okay, let's try out next season. And next season, KD goes ballistic and it's year two and you're not out of the first round or the second round, Mm -hmm. then it's tough Mm -hmm. because you don't have avenues to really improve what you have. You can restart if Mobley is awesome. If Mobley is not awesome, if Mobley is just a very good second round pick, third round pick, sorry, first round pick, um, top five pick, sorry. Uh, Then you you are there in the middle again Mm -hmm. with a lot of picks, out of the window. This is why I think Presti made a, and we were discussing about Harden and about um, the fact that they went too fast. And Presti this time made sure that no matter how fast the rebuild was to go, he had the right assets from Mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. 
and he will be extremely mindful about the assets going forward. And trading now for a guy that, that feels like a leader in his team, Anobi, on a team that is not yet fully formed, they went through nothing together in terms of losses, in terms of playoffs. It's not a good way to proceed. Yeah. Let them lose a game in the playoffs, like OKC did with the Lakers uh, in, in 2011 or 2010. I don't remember which, which year it was, probably 2010. Uh, let them be destroyed by a great team in the playoffs so that they see what it takes. Yeah. And then they will have such a hard time keeping it together because mm. Giddy will get a max, mm. Chad will get a max, and between him, Shea, and, and, and Giddy, you have 100 millions. Yeah. And then you have 20 millions for Dort. Yep. Where is the space for another guy? J-Dub, Jang. Yeah, that's, that is the other issue, is like financially... Yeah. Can you pay OG and Obi 30 million? No, you can't. Yeah. You may see that the team really needs this guy. They 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 are not good enough with Dort. They are not good enough with Giddy. They are not good enough with J Dub. I find it hard to believe that they will even think about chat or or SGA. Mm -hmm. And then you replace one of them with the perfect fit for the other two. That I can believe, but not before two or three years when you really see what you have, whatever the draft gifted you, and and then see how to proceed. Because Andrew is right. I mean, you're right. It's, 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 it's three picks for Jenk. And we saw moments of him. Yeah. And in some moments you could say, Oh wow, seven feet tall can pass shoot and dribble and play okay defense. Just yeah. Give me that. He's played fourteen games. Yeah, we haven't seen enough good or bad yet of him. And like this is still, it's gonna take time. It's going to take time to get there. And yeah, Grady McKnight says CJ McCollum was was a smaller button that was a perfect timing. It it seems like that way now. Let's give it two years. Do the Pelicans win enough for it to matter? Can they keep everybody when everybody's going to demand a certain number of the cap? Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know. It looks great right now. And if the Thunder yeah. traded for OG Ananobi right now, I'll bet you people would go berserk and be so excited about it. And it depends also on the price. I mean, CJ was really cheap really cheap and whenever you really, look at really and you look cheap. at the way those picks conveyed they almost gave up nothing to get it exactly that was a great trade also because of that yeah and, and you, i mean if you if you tell me today well you can get middleton because i mean um milwaukee doesn't feel that his knees will be okay going forward and you can give away i don't know a protected first Mm -hmm. sure yeah <laughs> i mean yeah he will rehab this year and and then i'll have it i'll have him next year uh, from the beginning those trades you can you can try to do i mean it's the it's the Kawhi Leonard trade with uh, with toronto i mean they didn't give anything i mean of course that you can push a button like that yeah um but it's not really the same as what atlanta did or what whatever Mini did. Um, hold on just one second. Josh Giddy and Shea Gildas Alexander are both nominated for Player of the Week in the Western Conference. 
Wow. Hold on, let me type this out. That is sweet. Um, so yeah, I mean, don't rush it. Enjoy, because there is so much to enjoy. This is the point. Like, this season is, uh, as you mentioned, is gravy. It's pure gravy because you don't have, you don't feel responsible. You will not, like, go on a scale tomorrow and say, oh, man, I had too much yesterday. No, you can get as much basketball, good basketball as you want um, and, and just feel okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, no cons in this season. So just enjoy and, 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 and I mean, these games are fun. Mm -hmm. So it's... um. It's not the time yeah. to to rush ourselves into hey, let's get to the playoffs. Let's let's win every single night. Yeah. No, and the, and I just don't expect it to happen too. Cause I think you can yeah. also trick yourself into thinking, Oh, this should be the right thing to do. Why aren't they doing it? Why is the Thunder front office not acting? Like this is the time to do it. These guys are available. You have all these picks. Like I think you can talk yourself into it pretty easily. Uh, yeah, this should be the team. You know, I mean, in 2009-10, they won 50 games. 50. And they didn't push the button. The button they pushed was Nanad Kristic the year before. I'm like, that's not a button. <laughs> Nanad, great play. Great Nanad. I mean, that year, I mean, the guys that played the most minutes on the team were all guys that they developed. They got Tabo in a trade. Awesome. But everybody Tabo else. Was very good. He was very good. It was Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook were the top minute getters on that team. Like those were the guys. And they had James Harden that played 1,700 minutes. And then I had played 1,700. Uh, Tabo played 2,300. Nick Collison was on that team as like the, the Ken Rich of that team. Serge Ibaka played 1,300 minutes. And then nobody else played more than a thousand minutes it was those eight guys and those were it was just like okay great like these are our eight guys and they won 50 games 50 games and they didn't go push the button for somebody until after that so you think this team that's two games under 500 needs to push the button i mean come on like it's not going to happen like if this team next year wins 50 games then I think that you go into the into that summer and into the following season thinking, okay, we won 50 games. We're ready to go. Like, we're ready to sacrifice. We're ready to win. And we can go deal for a piece. Like, we're, we're definitely missing X piece. And the truth is, this rebuild is already deeper than that one to start with. Yeah. They may not need it. They may not. They may have somebody already they didn't have like an Aaron Wiggins wing developing on that team they didn't yeah. have that I mean let's talk about the top minute getters on this team Shea Lou Giddy J-Dub those are top four on this team then you have Kenrich you have Trey Mann you have Poku you have Wiggins you have Jeremiah Robinson Earl you have Isaiah Joe I mean we haven't even mentioned the guy they got at 11 there yeah. are, and we got the the 2024 draft where they have potentially four picks in that draft. Four. They will consolidate one or push them far away in the future if they can. I think so too. I don't think that, I think there's a very low chance that they pick four guys. But Let alone two. But what if the Rockets pick conveys at seven? 
you're probably going to be you're probably going to be adding a guy to this list. One, they're adding a guy to this list next year that will be in the top five. Your top five minute getters next year: Shea, Chet, Dort, Giddy, J Dub. That's five. Oh man, we're not even talking about Kenrich. We're not even talking about any of the other guys. Whoever it is that pops, maybe it's Jang. That's good. Maybe it's Wiggins. Maybe it's Poku. Maybe it's Trey Mann. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's none of them. And if it's none of them, then you're like, great. We're going into the 24 drafts and we got four picks. I look at all those guys and say, hey, listen, four picks, fellas. There's four. You want to make this roster? You want to play on this team? You better compete. Yeah. Because I could go, I mean, Sam Price would be like, great. I'll go find four guys. I've done it before. Yeah. Tell them all, think about your draft class. Think about how many guys that we had to get. Go compete. Because if you don't, we can find another spot for you and we can bring somebody else in. Yeah. And there'll probably be trades where there are minor minor upgrades. I mean, maybe someone will like to give Trey Man a bigger chance that OKC is doing right now. And yeah. so you can say, okay, um, let's try to make a deal where I give you pick number I don't know, 12 this year mm-hmm. and Trey man and you give me eight yeah. because you feel like 12 plus man equals eight and then you get Officer Thompson because this is this is what you want to do yeah uh, this trade as early as this draft may happen where you give a pick and a player yeah for a player yeah to consolidate what you have a little bit mm-hmm. I would not be surprised yeah I would not either I think that the success of the top four guys on this roster plus Chet allows you to do whatever you whatever you want. And like this is I just want to point out really quick before we go. This will be our last thing. This is the fun part. This is the beginning of the fun part of following a team like this. So like make sure you soak it up. Because like two thousand eight, nine, nine, ten 10 11, that was the really, really fun part of following that Thunder team. And then you get to the NBA, or really, then 11 12, you get to the finals. Extremely fun. After that, you were in the pressure cooker for the rest of the time. And yeah. they made the Western Conference finals several years, several years after that. And it didn't feel like enough. It still didn't feel like enough. Imagine getting to the West Finals now. Like it would feel like you, we'd all be just walking on clouds everywhere we went. It'd be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But after you do it once, ask Atlanta. Ask Atlanta. They're walking on clouds there right now following that team. It's uh, not not quite there. Anyways, this is the fun part. Enjoy it. We should all be enjoying this. So thanks so much for joining uh, the podcast today. A lot of people on the stream today. A lot of people joining us live on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, go do that. And... Uh, can watch us live you can follow along uh we would love to uh have you guys if you need more coverage if you need more draft coverage you can go to patreon.com slash okc dream team we do mckelly and i do shows there we do draft shows um we do we have a post game show after every single game called thunder after dark that's on there um every single week you can go listen to that as well go check that out 
I hope you guys are doing great, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.